Listener Production. Coming up on today's episode of Footy Talk, Abby Holmes to join me. She's in the NT and it looks absolutely beautiful up there. Sam Collins from the Gold Coast Suns will have a chat to us as well ahead of their game on Saturday in the Northern Territory. And we talk the after effects of Damien Hardwick's departure from Richmond. A press conference yesterday that was emotional, funny and has got a lot of very sad people around town. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. Well, it is Footy Talk, your daily dose of news, analysis, everything happening in the world of AFL. Of course, you can get involved in the show. Hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod. Send us a voice message. We'll answer all of your questions. I'm Jack Heverin alongside Abby Holmes, who, for those of us who are watching Footy Talk, can see that Abby is in a location <laughs> that is far better than I am right now. Abs, where are you? What are you doing? Oh, hello, Hev. I am up in the Territory. I landed in Darwin on Saturday and then jumped on another plane and came out to East Arnhem Land. So a place called Nullumboy, very, very remote part of the Territory. And I'm here visiting my family, my sister and, and her kids and her husband live out here. And it is magnificent. I don't want to brag, but on my morning walk this morning, oh. it was 24 degrees at 7am. So I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. I don't it's want to brag. It's about 12 the degrees in the, in the southern half of Australia <laughs> right now. And you say you don't want to brag. That's a lie. <laughs> Oh, I know. It is just magic up here. I can't even explain it. The Territory is a very, very special place to me and I try and sneak back as much as I possibly can. So it's nice that I've been able to come up here. Obviously, we've got a massive game on Saturday night at TIO Stadium with the Suns taking on the doggies. So I've been able to make a bit of a week of it and visiting my family at the same time. We'll talk about the the NT and what it means to you shortly, but I wanted to pick your brain first and foremost on Damien Hardwick. It kind of still feels like we're in a mourning phase, doesn't it? The press conference was yesterday. It all broke very suddenly a a couple of nights ago. You're a bit removed from it at the moment, obviously, in the NT. What was your first reaction Mm. when you heard that Dimmer was stepping away? Yeah, I'm shattered, to be honest, and, and very, very shocked, as I'm sure the entire footy world is. But... You know, this is a man who's at the height of, you know, his game and he's been able to do so much in his 14 seasons at the Richmond Footy Club. But in saying that, I I also applaud him for getting, I guess, to this decision on his own and and recognising that it was having such a strain on him mentally and he he just was completely burnt out and and had nothing left to give. So the fact that he's identified this and, I guess, been able to put his mental health first and and his, you know, his physical health first, um, you know, there's so many people out there that could learn so much from this. But as I said, a complete shock to me and I'm shattered. we're not meant to have favourites, but I do. And Damien, <laughs> I'm, Damien sen- Hardwick, I'm sensing that there's a favourite here, though, for you. Yeah, and Damien Hardwick was one of them. He, you know, my role with Seven on the Boundary, I get to, you know, chat to these guys pre-game and, and post-game quite often. And, and Dimmer was always somebody that, um, you know, really supported me and, and you know, would give me his time and, uh, and some feedback as well along the way. So for that, I thank him and I hope that um, he's not lost to the game. I hope that he can go away to Ibiza or wherever he's going to go, <laughs> um, rejuvenate himself and we will see him back in the game, hopefully. But um, I send him all my very best and, as I said, hope to see him back in soon. His press conference yesterday, he just seemed so at ease with the decision and so comfortable with the decision. Mm. There was a bit of emotion, which when he spoke about the players and the club and all that yeah. sort of stuff and what it meant. But in terms of the decision and the time to step away, some people will question it and that's, you know, that's up to them to question it. But in his mind and the way he presented himself yesterday, he seemed so cool with it. Yeah, I, I think he was very clearly at 
the the point where he needed to step away. So everyone could say, why didn't he just see the end of the season and then make the decision? But as I said, well done to Damien Hardwick for getting to that point to be like, no, I'm not okay. Like I need to go away. I'm burnt out. I need to focus on myself and get back to potentially loving the game again or whatever it might be for him and, and you know, his personal reasons. But you look at this man and, and what he's seen over 14 seasons, mm. you know, getting absolutely smacked in the, the final home and away game of 2017 by what was it? 19 goals or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, potentially being about to get the arse of the football club, but having, you know, um, the the heavy hitters at the footy club, Peggy, um, Brandon, like everybody just stick with him and, and the way that he was able to turn that around and ultimately become one of the most successful coaches in the game um, with those flags in 17, 19 and 20. Um, you know, he's seen the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows and um, as I said, I hope that he can go away and, and find his love of the game again because he's one of the, one of the best that we've seen and, um, yeah, I hope to see him back. I agree. What it is also, I think, now is that this is the beginning of a new era for Richmond, isn't it? Peggy's already gone as as president. Um, Dimmer has now gone. There's a lot of talk that Brendan Gale will be working for the AFL next season yeah. in, an, in an operational and, and footy manager kind of role. Jack Revolt's coming towards the end. Trent Cotchin's coming towards the end. And I say that with respect to both of them because they've been champions yes, of, of the course. footy club. But um, the, the winds of change are sweeping through Punt Road now. Yeah, there certainly is. And every club goes through it, don't they? Um, you've got those champions of the games, the ones that have you know, led that team and that club to success for so long now. Um, but unfortunately, we can't all play forever unless you're Sean Burgoyne and can play for <laughs> you, what, 39 or something. Um, but, yeah, so you do see these guys coming towards the end of their career. They've still got a bit of footy left in them, no doubt. But, um, yeah, every club goes through it. It's funny listening to Jack Rewalt when um, Dimmer said, hey, mate, can you catch up tomorrow? And he was like, oh, shit, like I'm getting the wind up here. I'm done. I am out. I'm getting the chop. And then Dimmer just saying, hey, mate, it's not always about you. Um, yeah, this one's about me. So, um, yeah, look, as I said, every club goes through it. Um, and, yeah, it looks as though it'll be Richmond's turn in the coming years. Let, let's just play one little guessing game to finish up on Dimmer. This okay. time next year, what is Dimmer doing? Oh, do you know what? I, Damien Hardwick is a, a die-hard footy person, I feel. Um, so I, as I said, am very hopeful that he might go away, spend some quality time um, with his loved ones, with his kids. He'll travel. Um, I don't know if he'll hit Ibiza, much to Dusty's <laughs> disgust, but we'll wait and see. And then next year, um, you know, you look at what Alastair Clarkson did. He stepped away from the game for a good 12 months and spent a bit of time on the farm and, and you know, focusing on his family and his kids were to a critical age, kind of getting through high school and that kind of thing. So you look at Dimmer and think that he'll very likely do the same, but um, I'm very hopeful and I do believe that we will see him back in the AFL in some way, shape or form, and I'm sure every single club in the league would be knocking on that door. Well, it doesn't sound like it's in the media. He said yesterday we're more of a chance to see Santa walking down the street than Dimmer in the media, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. I'm with you. I hope, I hope he's coaching in some way, shape or form next year. Now, on to the NT. Dimmer is looking for holiday spots at the moment. Oh. If he chooses oh. not to go to Ibiza, what can he do in the NT with you? 
Mate, the Territory, as I said, I'm very, very passionate about this place, but obviously you can fly into Darwin, but it's not just Darwin and, um, you know, that that township area. You can really explore the remote and incredible, incredible parts of the Territory. I'm fortunate enough to be out here um, in East Arnhem Land at a place called Nullumboy and, you know, over the last few days I went out, I was lucky enough to go out to one of the homelands. It was actually Nathan Jakura's homeland. Oh, he yeah. played for Geelong yeah. and, and the Western Bulldogs back in the day, 25-odd games. So to go out and, and experience, you know, their land and, um, you know, really just fully immerse yourself in, in the rich history and culture um, that is kind of Indigenous Australia, it really is something special. So if Dimmer wants to come up to the <laughs> NT, I've got a list, uh, a list of things that I can recommend for him. Just don't get any thoughts, Dimmer, about being an NT ambassador. That's Abby's patch of land. She's the one that's the <laughs> NT ambassador. You'll have to come along as a guest. There's no cash here, Dimmer. No, and you know what? With a 19th team, you've got to even it out, don't you? So I'm hopeful that the NT is going to get the 20th licence whenever that may be. Um, so Dimmer, Dimmer would happily have you up here in the Territory for that. So while you're there, it seems a good time to talk to you about why the NT is so special to you. You get back mm. there at any chance that you possibly can um, and you, you're there this week obviously at the moment. W- why is it so fond to you? Oh, look, I, I moved here as a 21-year-old girl, um, you know, not knowing anybody. I'd never even been to the Territory or to Darwin before I made the decision to move up there. I, I was coming up with my, my boyfriend at the time who was playing footy in the NTFL. And um, just I guess the reason I love it so much is, is the opportunities that have come out of it for me. Um, I'd never played in a fully-fledged football competition until I moved to Darwin and was lucky enough to play four seasons with the Waratah Footy Club, won four flags. Um, and then, I, you know, history tells kicking the 100. So I was going to say, of... say it. You kicked a 100. No. You're, allowed to, you're allowed to say it. <laughs> I don't like talking about myself, Hev, but look, from kicking the 100, that, that kind of threw me into, you know, the TV interviews and the radio interviews and I played in the Legends games and um, was thrown into that media landscape. So I, I do look at those... I guess, sequence of events up in Darwin that led me to where I am today. And I'm so grateful because I truly believe that everything that I have today and everything that I've worked so so hard for has come out of the opportunities that the NT has given me. So for that, I will be forever grateful. What about some players? I was thinking about this this morning on the way in. Some players that have gone up and played cameos in the NT. Oh, There's mate. been a few. Any jump out at you? <laughs> oh, Gary Ablett in recent years. That was massive. Um uh, you know, they started promoting that very, very early uh, and it was just an absolute, like, party. It was crazy <laughs> scenes. Everybody was lining up at the gates to see Gary Ablett Jr. play and as well, Eddie Betts, when he came up and played for Palmerston and, and him and Anna, they actually moved to the Territory with their kids and fully immersed themselves in, in life in in Darwin and um, did some wonderful, wonderful things out in, in community and... Um, yeah, worked quite closely with Coles, I think it was, in, you know, that healthy lifestyle space mm. for young kids. And so they've done so much. But, yeah, there's been a certain um, – well, there's certainly been a lot of cameos. I, I do have a funny story, actually, from many, many years ago when I was still living here. It was after one of the Legends games and Brent Guerra and Stevie Baker oh, came no. up to play at my club oh, no. at Waratahs. Yeah, okay. And you know <laughs> what these guys are like. They they can put them away. Um so on the Friday night, they went out. They had a big night, like a massive night. I think it was like a 4 a.m. 
knowing that they had to play footy the next day at Gardens Oval. And I think they underestimated the conditions and how challenging they are. It was, a, I think, a 2.30 bounce, so the Ooh. hottest of the hot yep. um, of time slots. And I just remember I was up in the stands watching them, obviously, and I looked down at the interchange and they're both there laying flat on their back. It was like in the first quarter, I think. They were absolutely spent already, those two. So, um, yeah, it, it's taken a few casualties as well, the NTFL, with the, the conditions up here. They're absolutely brutal. That's one way to sweat it out. Just go and play footy uh, in the NT. Hey, a abs- couple of other things to, that have come across the, the footy landscape, I guess, in the last day or so in terms of news. Mm. One this morning that's really interesting. Mark Pitnett has re-signed with Carlton. There's two parts to this. Firstly, is a four-year deal. That's huge for him. Mm. That's massive. Um, this is a guy who's found himself kind of in and out of sides along his journey. He he hadn't necessarily been, you know, the, the superstar ruckman of the competition, but he's um, certainly got himself humming along nicely now and a four-year contract extension is big. But I think where you're going with the second part of that is the news, I guess, around Tom DeConing and potentially what he was going to do at the end of the year. So the fact that Mark Pitnett's signing a four-year contract extension, um, that's going to have the media world um, up in arms, I guess, about DeConing and his decision at the end of the season. Sometimes we can overcomplicate it, in, particularly in footy media, and two plus two can equal 67 sometimes. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is one of those situations where two plus two equals four. Mm, yes, I think so. Um, but yeah, so obviously from a Tom DeConing side of things, there's many clubs out there that would love his services and he has put off talks um, whilst he works out, I guess, what he's going to do. But congratulations to Mark Pitnett, yeah. a four-year contract extension as a ruckman as well. Um, you know, that's not an easy feat. And um, yeah, as I said, he's playing great footy now and certainly deserving. Just one very quick one to finish up. Uh Clayton Oliver out short term is the the diagnosis from Melbourne. That could be one, two, three, I guess, but it is a massive loss for them. That is big. Um, Obviously taking kind of that bull out of the midfield. Yes, they've got Petrarca and yes, they've got Viney, but Clayton Oliver, um, you know, is such a huge loss for them. But I'm also looking at the Brownlow potential yeah. here because you look at, you know, Nick Dacos, he's up there in contention at the moment, you would think, but... Many would have had him and um, Clayton Oliver kind of side by side in the race at the moment. So he'll be hoping that he can get back in a couple of weeks. But short term, as you said, we don't really know if it's two games or four games or whatever it is going to be. But knowing Clayton Oliver, he's going to do whatever he possibly can to get back out there as soon as possible. Sam Collins coming up next from the Gold Coast Suns. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the bell. Yesterday, Joey and Rui spoke with Alex Rance just after Dimmer announced that he was leaving the Tigers. You can check that out and a whole lot more. You're listening to Footy Talk, Abby Holmes and Jack Heverin. Of course, if you've got a question, you can get involved on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod, on TikTok as well, which I know you're big on abs, at footytalkpod, and you can send us for all your questions and all of your messages. You're in the NT. Sam Collins and the Gold Coast Suns are headed to the NT very shortly ahead of the weekend's game, and he joins us here on Footy Talk. Hey, Sam, welcome. Um, I, I think you've got some beautiful weather coming your way when you jump on the plane. Yeah, sounds like it. Thanks for having me. Um, we're pumped to get up to Darwin. It's um, got to be a nice change 
range. It's starting to get a bit crispier in the morning. So very, very much looking forward to getting up there. What's your favourite part about heading up and playing in the Territory? You've got a number of boys. I think it's nine with connections to the NT and you really want to be known as the NT team and I guess the side that all Territorians can love and and support. So what's your favourite part about getting up there and spending a good week and a half, I think it is, up there? Yeah, it's an absolutely, first of all, it's a great place to go and the the way the community um, accept us into into Darwin and get around us. Um, they're obviously mad footy supporters up there. So as you said, we definitely want to be the um, uh, the team that, that we see the most uh, Gold Coast Suns jumpers rolling around there. Hopefully uh, a few less Hawthorne ones this year. Uh, but we love getting up there for, um, yeah, for, for the week and hopefully can make it a real fortress moving forward. And Hev, just to give you a bit of an insight, you know, you know how big footy is here, but when the AFL comes to town... This place is rocking. So I've already been hit up for tickets. I've got many friends over on the Tiwi Islands. They're all coming in in absolute waves. So, um, yeah, TIO Stadium over the next few weeks. You've got the Doggies this week and then Adelaide. But, have TIO Stadium's going to be pumping. I'm looking forward to seeing it, certainly from a TV point of view. But, Sam, it's a great opportunity for you guys. You're essentially going to spend the best part of two weeks in the NT. Yeah, we did that last year as well for the first time. The boys absolutely really loved it. It's just a great opportunity to get out in the community and, and see um, a part of the country that we don't often see. Uh, I'm personally excited. I think I'm uh, getting over to the Tiwi Islands on Monday or Tuesday, mm. so I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, I know Shawnee, Shawnee Lemons, um, he's got family over in the Tiwi Islands and he missed that trip last year. So um, I know he's particularly looking forward to getting over there and seeing some family. Well, Sammy, I've been out mud crabbing the last couple of days and I know that you love mud crabbing yourself. Are you going to have a little bit of time to do that over on the islands? Yeah, look, I'm definitely hoping to. Um, Harbs has taken us out a few times here on the Gold Coast and I think we've got one between about 40 of us. So um, hopefully it's a bit more fruitful up there, but definitely looking forward to it. Well, I won't tell you how many we got on Monday then. (laughs) Yeah, I've only tried about probably a centimetre of it because there's not enough to go around down here. Hey, Sammy, let's talk about the way that the season's gone so far. We're almost at the halfway mark, so there's enough of a body of work to talk about the year as a whole. How are you seeing it from your perspective? Are you happy with where you're at? Are you falling short in some areas? What's your take on the year so far? I think that we definitely didn't have the start we wanted um, early on in the season, but I think we've put together a really consistent month of football, um, particularly yeah, this last recent month. Um, we would have liked to have been on the other side of some um, some games. The Fremantle game in particular is one that I think we definitely let slip. But um, I think for three quarters against Brisbane, we certainly weren't playing um, our best football. But to be within mm-hmm. five points when Bailey Humphrey kicked this goal in the last quarter um, just shows that even when we don't bring our best, we're able to um, be in there. And then it's just handling that momentum and making sure that we are um, kind of pushing towards that finish line there because the, the last quarter was quite disappointing last week. Well, you got the Doggies this weekend and then Adelaide, both at TIO Stadium. There's some tough challenges coming up. There's some sides there that have absolutely been humming along nicely in the last month or so. But what's going to be key for your boys in, you know, giving that a red hot crack and a nudge over the next few weeks? We'll see how we go up there and, and just adapt to the conditions as early as possible, I think, and make sure that we're taking territory when we can. Sam, you've got a plane to catch in the next 24 hours and you've got a cool couple of weeks coming up in the NT. But as Abby said, a couple of big games as well. So thanks for chatting to us on Footy Talk and all the best. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Abby. Appreciate it. 
Sam Collins joining us on Footy Talk, and the Suns are doing a fantastic job trying to own the NT. They want to be the team for all Territorians to support, and they've got Territory Sun memberships available that give access to both home games at TIO, 75 bucks for adults, and $39 for juniors. That is outstanding. Jump online for more information. Uh, Ethan Meldrum is the statistical guru here on Footy Talk, and um, could probably do with a bit of time in the NT Sun, if I'm being honest as well. <laughs> Ethan, welcome to you. I think you and me both have. I'm very jealous of you abs up there. But uh, it was a freezing walk to work this morning. I won't, I won't lie. First thing I want to start off with, the Dogs' defense. Got a good look at them against uh, the Crows on, on Saturday, who we know are a really good offensive team. Kept them the 40 points since the first couple of rounds where they shipped 115 points to the Ds and 92 points to the Saints. They've completely changed the way they sort of play. They're now the number one boundary operating team in the competition, number one forward half stoppage team in the competition, really trying to pin the ball against the boundary, four stoppages, two of their strengths. Since then, number one defense in the competition. Not something I would have necessarily expected from Luke Beveridge, conceding 64 points per game, uh, seventh in the league for forward half turnovers, number one for corridor use. Just everything, like doing everything right defensively at the moment. Luke Beveridge, of course, have added Liam Jones, but they've got so many good stoppage players, so many good midfielders, just really pinning the ball against the boundary and it's working so far for the for the dogs. How good is it to see Liam Jones back in the AFL? Mm. Um, obviously, he spent a couple of seasons out playing local footy up in Queensland, but to have him back in, in the AFL system and back, um, you know, dominating in defence, Luke Beveridge will be absolutely wrapped with what he's producing for him on a week-to-week basis at the moment. But as you said, defensively, this side is so sound. Um, I watched them quite closely on the weekend at Mars Stadium. And yes, Adelaide were were missing a couple of their heavy hitters up forward in Phil Thorpe and, and Walker as well. But, you know, that aside, they're still one of the, as you said, well, the best defensive unit in the league. And, and it's absolutely showing over the last couple of months. It is an interesting debate just on what's the most important position in footy right now, isn't it? Because it, you, we always think of midfielders and we always think of goal-kicking forwards, but Collingwood have shown this with Darcy Moore. We're seeing it now with Liam Jones. Mm. The value of a intercept-marking key position defender who can run, carry, and then move the game forward. They're, they're worth their yeah. weight in gold, aren't they? Absolutely, and it's interesting you bring that up because so many people, you know, in that 2020 um 2021, and even to this day, really, with the Melbourne Footy Club, have said if Stephen May and Jakey Lever aren't on, then Melbourne aren't yep. on. So, yes, their midfield go out there and do what they do each and every week, but so many are now putting the emphasis on those key backs and the intercepting defenders as well in, in relation to a team's success. So it's very, very important. Yeah, and I love that those defenders are now starting to celebrate their little wins like goals as well. Like you see May and Lever, like they spoil, spoil the ball out of bounds. They're high-fiving each other. They're all getting around each other. It's it's yeah. almost the most important spot on the ground. Jason Horn Francis, and this is going to be another one close to your heart, Abs. <laughs> I wanted to break down. I wanted to break down his numbers as well. Like he's averaging, he's averaging nineteen disposals per game on face value. That looks like you know pretty well par for a number one draft pick, second year player. Um, but what he's doing beyond those numbers has been pretty extraordinary, I think. So you look at the top 100 kicks inside 50 in the competition, he ranks number one for retention. He retains the ball 72% of the time. The AFL average is 46. He's got the number one kicking efficiency of players who win, of midfielders who win more contested ball than uncontested ball. He's ahead of Marcus Bontempelli, Lockie Neal, players like that in that regard. Number one in the league for broken tackles. He's broken 20 
20 tackles this year. We're talking like the Dustin Martin style fend-off champion data do track that. He's number one in the league. He's also second in the league for score launches behind Clayton Oliver, who wins nearly twice as much footy among midfielders, nearly wins twice as much footy as Jason Horn Francis does. Behind those 19 disposals lies a hell of a lot of quality footy apps. Oh, I was on the boundary Friday night at Adelaide Oval and even just watching Jason Horn francis off the footy and the I guess the mountain of work that he does behind the ball, in front of the ball, to get himself into really dangerous places. I am pumped to see him, I guess, back home in Adelaide. Clearly, he's in a really, really good place, back with the support of his family and friends around him and it's paying dividends for Ken Hinckley and the Port Adelaide Football Club. This is a young man in his second year, can you believe? And it just shows you, I guess, how important the mental health is and, I guess, the happiness of players off the field as well. And Jason Horn francis is a perfect example of that. He's absolutely flourishing at this football club. And I guess the other thing, Abs, if you put the drama of last year with Jason Horn francis and ice bars and whatever else aside, it's ended up being a win-win, hasn't it? He gets to go back to South Australia. And, and what mm. you said is spot on. He's in a good place physically and mentally, and it's working for Port Adelaide. He's the inside mid that they needed to complement some of their other guys. And North yeah. Melbourne got an extra pick out of it and we saw George Wardlaw's value in game one on the mm. weekend. So it's it's kind of worked out well for everyone, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a win-win. And I've been very vocal kind of on footy talk and on other media outlets as well that you cannot get into Jason Horn francis being a young boy who just wanted to go home and be su- supported and surrounded by his family. So, um, you know, North Melbourne, obviously, they would have loved to have held their number one pick for, for many, many years to come. But ultimately, this is a 18, 19-year-old now who just wanted to go home. And I'm so glad that he, he's back and... Um, you know, as I said, with the support of his family around him, and he, he's very, very evidently in a really, really good place. And that, gee, that the kids are good, aren't yeah. they? That Port Adelaide mm-hmm. midfield group: oh, Zach Butters, um, Connor Rosie, Jason Horn, Francis. This is a a midfield unit that is going to cause some headaches for opposition sides for many, many years to come. Yeah, we'll get to Zach Butters in a second because I want to talk top five form players <laughs> in the on. competition we as well. Zach Butters <laughs> is, of course, in this list. And I was looking at this, and there's a couple of surprises in here. Like, obviously, like. You know, we, we know the superstars in the league. We know the Bonds and Pellies. We know the Lockie Neals. We know the Christian Petrarchas. None of them are in this list. So reverse order, number five, over the last month, the fifth highest rated player in the competition is Luke Parker. Really bounced back. Yep. He's arguably playing career best footy. We know he's had top brand low finishes. He's been remarkable. He's averaging 31 disposals over the last four weeks. He's been fantastic. Freedom tough in Lang Warren, yep. Number four. <laughs> Just Luke Parker, I think. <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> that's about it. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's about it. Uh, Clayton Oliver's number four. You're right, Abs. This is a disaster for brand low backers like myself, mm. uh, averaging 32 disposals over that run. Of course, now with his hamstring third in the league, Joe Danaher. He's kicked, Ooh, 50, he's kicked okay. 15 goals in the last four weeks, 21 goals nice. in the last six, third in the league for scoreboard impact, fifth in the league for contested marks. There were a few question marks at the start of the year. He's playing really good footy at the moment, Joe Danaher. Second in the league, Shea Bolton. He's been remarkable over the last four weeks and the last well, three weeks particularly. Had that 31 and three goals against West Coast. Arguably would have won the one best on ground. Dreamtime game had the Tigers got up. He had 28 and two. Uh, he's a career highest disposals contested ball as well. Number one in the league, Zach Butters. Wow. So good, isn't it? Zach Butters. Um, he was a, a very impressive player before his move into that midfield, but 
what did he have, 41 and 2 on Friday mm. night, his best game of his career. And it was so good post-match just watching Ken Hinckley and, you know, he just fully embraced Zach Butters. It was the biggest hug I think I've ever seen from a head coach to to one of the young stars. And to have him and, um, as I said, Jason Horn francis and, and Connor Rosie just running around in that midfield. As I said, like Port Adelaide supporters and everyone involved at the footy club is going to be super excited with where this football club can go um, in the coming seasons because when you've got that young midfield brigade doing what they're doing week in, week out. It's, it's funny, isn't it, Hev? Because, what, after the showdown in round three, everybody was calling for Ken Hinckley's head. and then Untenable, won seven, wasn't it? Yep, seven yeah. consecutive wins and he's the absolute king of Adelaide. So funny how everybody's quick to jump on. Well, they might want to get their backsides into gear, Port Adelaide, because Damien Hardwick's available. So if you think Ken's your man, <laughs> yeah. then uh, then go ahead and do it sooner rather than later because otherwise, mm. who knows what could happen. Eth, nice work by you. We'll hear you across the weekend on Triple M Footy. Yes, good to see you. Well, well done. Good to see you too. Abs, enjoy the NT. You look like you're having an absolute blast up there at the moment. So enjoy it while it lasts. Thanks, Hev. Pumped to get to TIO Stadium on Saturday night. And don't forget, of course, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod and on TikTok as well at footytalkpod tomorrow. Oh, my goodness me. Daisy Thomas and Stephen May is your lineup. Oh. That could be anything. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Footy Talk. Listener.